chapter 16. John 16. And these things I've spoken to you that you may be kept from stumbling, that they, uh, they will make you outcasts from the synagogue, but an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering service to God. And these things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. But these things I have spoken to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told uh, you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer behold me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I say to you, he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. A little while, and you will no longer behold me. And again a little while, and you will see me. Some of his disciples therefore said to one another, What is this thing he is telling us? A little while, and you will not behold me. And again a little while, and you will see me. And because I go to the Father. And so they were saying, What is this? Is uh, what is this that he says a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. Jesus knew that they wished to question him, and he said to him, Are you deliberating together about this? And I said, A little while, and you will not behold me, and again a little while, and you will see me. Truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. Whenever a woman is in travail, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she gives birth to the child, she remembers the anguish no more for joy that a child has been born into the world. Therefore, you too now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one takes your joy away from you. And in that day, you will ask me no question. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you shall ask the Father for anything, he will give it to you in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be made full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, and I was coming when I will speak no more to you in figurative language, but will tell you plainly of the Father. In that day you will ask uh, in my name, and I do not say to you that I will request the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me, and have believed that I came forth from the Father, I came forth from the Father, and have come into the world. I am leaving the world again and going to the Father. His disciples said, Lo, now you are speaking plainly, and you're not using a figure of speech. Now we know that, that, that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. By this we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home, and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace." In the world, you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Amen. Um, so, uh, chapter 16, uh, they're making their way uh, to the garden, and, uh, um, and he speaks a, a, a really incredible word of encouragement that will really resonate uh, with the, the Ephesians as well. 
um, as much as it does to the 11, because the primary message is that he wants them to be aware, and he doesn't want them to stumble when persecution comes. Remember, uh, um, John is writing this from Ephesus. And so he's primarily speaking to the Ephesian audience who are under persecution um, because of their belief in God. Uh, he warns them um, that the ban that's on him, uh, which is uh, being kicked out of the synagogue, um, which meant not just you kicked out of church, it meant you're kicked out of all of Jewish life. This means your mom, your dad, your brothers and sisters, your cousins, I mean, your, you know, uh, the, the butcher down the street, uh, you know, all these things that, that you're actually omitted from that life altogether. It was forbidden even to sell your produce or sell your goods to someone that was kicked out of the synagogue. So you're totally excluded from Jewish life. They, they've already banned Jesus, and he says, your turn is coming. But the, but the encouragement that comes from this place is, is everything that's going to happen to you, Jesus says, has already happened to me. Right? They're going to persecute you, but they've already, uh, it's going to happen, it persecutes me. And then he says something, and, which is really interesting, and he says, an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he's offering service to God. And so um, the first person that we will see in the scriptures that embodies this is Saul of Tarsus. So remember, Saul, who becomes Paul, will be the one that persecutes uh, the church. I mentioned to you a few days ago um, that, I, that I was uh, asked to go um, watch the 47-minute documentary. Um, and, uh, um, it, you know, it was, it was really interesting because every time Hamas, uh, when they would shoot someone, kill someone, beat someone, they would cry out, Alu Akbar, right? which basically means God be glorified. And, you know, I'm watching, I'm like, God is not glorified in this. And it brings you back to Jesus' words. An hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he's offering service to God. And these things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. They don't know who God is. Clearly, they do not know who God is. Right? To offer that kind of statement when they're doing the most despicable thing that you can imagine they don't know God at all. Right? Let's not try to kid ourselves. I mean, I might get in trouble for this. I don't care, man. Right? It's just ridiculous. And so he says the time is coming. The time, again, the first person we see is Saul of Tarsus. And this will continue on even to our day. Every single day. I mentioned yesterday, more people have died for their faith. And this time, like right now, in, at our contemporaries right now, than any other time in the history of the church. And so it's, it's happening, and many people are, are doing it, right, in the name of God, which is just ridiculous. But Jesus prophesied that this is going to happen. And so we see this. And so Jesus continues on with his discourse uh, about his leaving. But now he makes the connection for the disciples, the necessity of him leaving, because if he leaves... The Spirit comes. And so he's, he's now uh, uh, making this connection with them. And the Spirit cannot come until he leaves. And, and so, in other words, it's Jesus' way of saying, I'm not leaving you alone. right? Uh, the helper, the, the paraclete, remember, uh, is going to come and he's going to help you. 
And uh, and and he's gonna he's gonna offer three promises, and and this is really important. Uh, so we're gonna spend a little time here, verse eight to eleven. There's three promises about the work of the Spirit. The Spirit will radically redefine, basic three of the most basic notions of spirituality: sin, righteousness, and judgment. And each in each case. The Spirit will basically remind us and remind people that whatever they're understanding is actually fundamentally wrong. So let's just go over this real quick. So sin, before sin, the opposite of sin was righteousness. So it was, it was primarily talking about behavior. Now sin will be not believing in Jesus. Is very very different, right? Now the opposite of sin will be believing in Jesus. I mean, that's exactly what he says, right? Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me, and so that that's that that's 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 primarily every sin has their root basically in unbelief, and you know, or forgetfulness, or you forget who Jesus is, or, or whatever the case may be. Righteousness was based on human performance. That was, that was basically how it worked. Now, righteousness is the result of a right relationship with the Father, which only comes through Jesus. I think that one we can understand pretty well, right? In other words, the idea of righteousness is imputed to us. It's not our behavior. Like we can do nothing to be saved. Is Jesus Christ does something? He dies on the cross for us, and so His righteousness is placed upon us. Remember, the gospel is not is not what we do. The gospel is what has been done for us, and so so that one at least we can we can grasp and understand that. It's a little bit easier to understand. And then judgment is different, right? Judgment because Jesus's death on the cross. Will be will result in the condemnation of Satan. The Jews will wrongly believe that his death was justified because of their condemnation. Because they condemned Jesus, they believe that there was a proper judgment. But that's not the case at all. Judgment now, and he said that, he says this, and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged, and then we understand that hell. If you look through the scriptures, hell was not designed for us. Hell was designed for for Satan and his fallen angels. That 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 was that was why hell was created from uh, the original fall uh, uh, before Adam and Eve. And, and so uh, again, there's Jesus says there's so much to tell you, um, but don't worry because when the Spirit comes. He'll reveal all things to you, and so he's he's just gonna not leave them on a cliffhanger. He's gonna when he leaves, the Spirit was gonna come, and the Spirit will share all these things to them. And so they they don't need to be anxious or worried at this time, you know, because I mean he just totally redefined their spiritual life, you know, using these these three. Ideas of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He's totally wrecked their whole belief system, and so you can imagine that. Oh, okay, what do we do now? And he says, "Don't worry, the Spirit will come, and He will let you know. He'll reveal all truth to you in this way." 
And then uh, as, as we get to around verse 17, um, we, we, we see here now that John kind of, remember this is, he's the misunderstood Messiah. The whole book is about misunderstanding. Now he kind of moves more into some understanding. And the disciples are finally getting it. Um, even though the disciples uh, do not have the answer, they're slowly starting to understand. And just, just watch this discourse. And, and I think that this is probably a great path for even for us for truth. So uh, first thing, what they say, if you listen to the disciples, they're actually quote Jesus' words perfectly. So they're not paraphrasing anymore. They're actually quoting perfectly Jesus' words, which means they're listening. Okay? For us to come into truth, you have to be a good listener. You have to read the text, read the scriptures, but, but, but listen carefully, understand what the Spirit is saying in that time. And then second, he tells them, right, the second idea here is that they confess that they don't know what he's talking about. Did you catch that? They repeat everything perfectly, so they're good listeners, and then they're humble. They say, actually, Lord, I don't, we don't know what you're saying. We, 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 have, we have no idea. You know, uh, I'll just, we'll just read this. Some of us disciples therefore said to one another, this is 17, what is this thing he is telling us? A little while and you will not behold me, and again a little while you will see me, because I go to the Father, quotes him perfectly. And so they were saying, what is this that he says a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. They never had this kind of humility before. They just assume, they misquoted him, right? They, they always gave their own opinion. For the first time, they say, actually, we don't know. You know, the... The pathway to having really, really good theology is to be really, really humble. Remember, on this side of heaven, no one has perfect theology but the demons. Remember, the demons know and they shudder. And so, it's, it's, I mean, I, I love this, this interchange uh, that's happening between them. And, and Jesus is finally saying, you're finally getting it. You're finally understanding Right? The key to understanding, listening, right? be very good listeners, and be very humble. If you can do those two things, you will come into all kinds of understanding. You will come into all kinds of the areas of the wisdom of God. You will be the, 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 the ideal student that receives God's revelation. Right? The, the haughty he knows from afar Right? But he gives grace to the humble. The, the, the crazy thing about that psalm is that when, it, when he says, or is it Proverbs, when he says that, that he says the haughty he knows from afar, the proud he knows from afar, the connotation is he leaves them there. Like he says, I see a far person over there, he's going to stay there. But I draw close, right? Give grace to the humble. And that's basically what happens. And so they finally know that they don't know. And because they finally come to that place, guess what? They will know. This, this is, you know, and, and, and we'll talk about it towards the end here in this way. 
And so now Jesus realized, oh, these guys are finally gonna get, finally getting it. All right, this, he's gonna he's gonna continue on. And Jesus responds to their newfound humility and knowledge by painting. He says, "This is what's going to happen in the next few days. You're going to be sad." He's just very plain. You're going to be sad. The world is going to be happy. But then don't worry because you'll also be happy. And so he's talking about his death. And then he's talking about his resurrection. He says, you're going to be sad. The world is going to be happy because they think they killed, you know, they, they did the right thing. But then I'm going to resurrect and then you're going to be happy. And the illustration that he gives is, is actually not an uncommon illustration it, it, the rabbis would, would, would share the same thought. Oh, it's about a woman giving birth. You know, and when a woman gives birth, oh my goodness, it's so painful. I mean, I, I don't know, okay? So I'm just gonna, you know, we had four kids, so I, I can surmise. It's very painful. Um, uh, and, uh, but then joy, right? Pain and then joy. And th- this is a, a very common metaphor that was used. Uh, Isaiah used it. Hosea used it. Micah used it. I'll give you Hosea, uh, Isaiah 21, 3, 26, 17, Hosea 13, 13, Micah 4, 9, or Micah 4, 9 to 10. And so the woman giving birth experiences this radical reversal from pain to joy. And their joy will come again when they see Jesus uh, rise from the dead. Um, so, uh, you know, the time is, is drawing near. Uh, in this place, he'll no longer speak in figures of speech, but plainly. And then uh, verse 31, he says, and Jesus says, do you, do you now believe? I know it's asked here in a question, but it's probably written more like in a statement. It's, it's Jesus is affirming their belief, right? And, and asking, you know, and really affirming, and he's saying, hey, wow, you guys are really coming to belief now. Right, because again, because of their listening posture and their humility. And then his last words, verse 33, uh, um, are probably the perfect words to share with them at this time. Um, chapter 17 will write about the prayer. This is the public prayer, but these are really the last words to the disciples. And of course, they're words of comfort. And he concludes the farewell discourse by letting him know, letting them know that in him they will have peace. Right? The world will offer them nothing but pain, disappointment, trauma, right? But in him they will have peace. Uh, again, these words will really resonate with the readers in Ephesus as they're reading Paul's work here. And these words resonate with you and me. And he says, be courageous, for I have overcome the world. He says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Shalom. In the world you have tribulation. In the world is just full of troubles. But he says, take courage, have courage, for I have overcome the world. And then he moves on. So let's close our eyes. It's finally good news that the disciples are getting some understanding. Let's go before the Lord a little bit. How do you get understanding? 
this sin. That's my wife tells me all the time, right? You want to understand me? Listen to me. It's true. You want to understand anyone? Listen to them. And be humble. Don't think you know everything because you don't. Don't rely on your own understanding. Isn't that what Solomon wrote in the Proverbs? Do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. I pray that we would have this posture. Every time we read the scriptures, every time we listen to a sermon, you know, for me, every time I create a sermon, or I should say the Spirit helps me write out a sermon. I listen to the Lord. I listen by reading His Word. And I'm humble. I don't rely on my own understanding. And then, brothers and sisters, if you do that, you'll be a great student of God's Word. You'll be a great student of the Spirit. You'll be filled with wisdom and revelation. Uh, So let's pray for that kind of heart. A listening heart and a humble heart.
Especially when it comes to the scriptures, it comes to the things of God. Well, let's pray for that spirit of wisdom and revelation to come. Let's pray. Let's pray for our community uh, battling through, going through uh, chemo and radiation therapy and surgery. Let's pray for God's healing. Let's pray for our community uh, that's uh, dealing with sickness, but also needs to meet with Jesus. Let's for physical healing. Let's pray for that word of salvation. Let's pray for our community uh, that's dealing with non-cancer illness. Let's pray for God's healing.
Let's pray for our community looking for work. Let's pray for open doors and God's provision. Put our mission focus. Let's pray for Japan and India. Uh, let's lift up these countries. Let's pray for our ministries there. Pray for SP Tokyo with Jungmin and Hyunjin. Ask God to continue to use him. Uh, pray, uh, Jungmin is still waiting for his visa. And so uh, I think we need to really cover uh, that whole situation there. And uh, let's continue to pray for Kelly and her business and her ministry. Let's ask God's protection and blessing. Let's pray for our missions council. Uh, let's ask God to uh, just really use our, our men. Uh, ask the Lord to, to speak to them uh, that really lead us uh, in our missions as a church. pray for our foster and adoption ministry uh, let's ask God's hand to be with our parents if you could especially pray for Frank and Fabi's baby uh, the, her social worker got in a car accident so they had to switch social workers and so hopefully that won't uh, cause any delay and so, so they got a new one now so hopefully everything works out well um, but she needs to go to the adoption panel uh, ASAP and so pray that that would, that would happen smoothly And for our baby, uh, we're looking at a reunion uh, probably in April and pray that that would happen smoothly as well. Let's pray for our gatherings tonight, our, our IP uh, and SP youth. Uh, let's pray for the Holy Spirit to move. We have uh, our all-church prayer tonight. Uh, let's ask for just uh, the moving of the Spirit to really lead and guide us. Uh, and just uh, watch over the kids as they're ministered to.
Let's lift up the pregnant women. Let's ask God to just continue to watch over them, their health, their body. Uh, pray for the baby, uh, be uh, protected and would grow strong and mighty. And that uh, this would be a real blessed time for the whole family. Uh, let's lift up. Let's pray for house church tonight. Uh, let's ask God to use our leaders and, and uh, our members would come and really fall deeper in love with the Lord. Uh, let's pray. Go to our member of Focus. Uh, let's pray for Cadence uh, to make the most of every opportunity given to her for salvation or family and wisdom with education for the kids. Uh, let's lift up. Let's pray for Rachel, for, pray for salvation for her parents and brothers, and uh, to be a friend of the Spirit of God and to walk in faith that can move mountains. So let's lift up. Let's pray for Tracy, right, for God to protect her parents' health, uh, to stop the progression of her mother-in-law's dementia and her father-in-law's salvation. Uh, Let's lift up Tracy and her family. Let's pray. Father, thank you, God. Uh, we love you. Lord, we want to be wise, God, in the things of God, Lord. And Lord, for that to happen, we know that we need to have a listening heart, God, and a humble heart, Lord, that we, we know what we don't know, God, and we're humble enough to say that, Lord. And then, God, you fill us with your wisdom, Lord. So thank you for that. Lord, continue to watch over us, Lord. Uh, tonight, as we come together to pray, We pray that the Holy Spirit would move powerfully upon us, God. We thank you. We love you, Lord. 
And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please uh, get together with a a few people. Uh, You can move the chairs around. Let's connect and let's continue to pray. Let's pray for Addie. You know, no news is good news. And so there's not been an update yet. So everything is kind of status quo. So let's continue to pray for healing. Uh, Let's uh, continue to lift up uh, Hazel with her treatments and Isaac with his treatments as well. And then please uh, pray for one another, right? Spend this time to really connect and, and offer up prayers for each other. So why don't we just go around. Spread around a little bit and connect with somebody. And let's pray together. And then you can pray on your own. Right? Bless you guys.